G'day everyone and welcome to episode 6 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of doublejump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined by uh, Lucas this week. Lucas, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, fam? I mean, hey, how you going? <laughs> hey, how are things? Well. <laughs> uh, you know what? Good, considering the fact that we're all kind of in semi-lockdown, it's... It's oh. going all right so far. Oh, please don't don't <laughs> remind me. <laughs> it's, it's absolute oh, hell out there. I know. It is. It is. Really feel for people who've been, um, you know, affected uh, by uh, by everything that's going on. It sucks to yeah. be a small business right now. Oh, for sure, for sure. Just but just rip the bandaid off. <laughs> rip the bandaid off. I mean, chuck us, I think, chuck us in lockdown, hard lockdown. I think in this situation, you need to rip the bandaid off and cauterize the bloody wound because currently it's pulsating. <laughs> yeah. I had the chance to watch the Jurassic World movies over the weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, what did you think of, of them? You know what? I was surprised by the fact that I actually liked them. Now, considering the fact that, like, number three was... Because what? Jurassic Park was good. I think Jurassic Park 2 was okay. I think Jurassic yeah. Park 3, I don't remember at all. So, clearly, that wasn't very uh, good. Yeah, yeah. I like Jurassic World, but... And I like, I like Jurassic... World 2 as well. Um, sorry, uh, was it Lost King- Fallen uh, Kingdom or whatever? Fallen Kingdom, yeah, yeah. The entire time I was just thinking in my head like, Jesus Christ, you know how it went the last time. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you'd think it took them f- it takes them five movies to sort of get into their head. Maybe we <laughs> should stop cloning dinosaurs. You know, do, do uh, people not understand that if you clone something that was an apex predator, shit is going to happen. <laughs> Uh, that's oh my thing. goodness! I uh, just yeah, because like that was like the story of the second movie, um, where there was another island. Ooh, um, <laughs> there's the, then... there's a second island. What about the third island or maybe the fourth island? How many islands like, I think, did I think they think have? Number three was like when they went back to the first island, yeah, or something. Yeah. And then Jurassic World takes place in the first island, but they've kind of rebuilt, like they've built up a new Jurassic World theme park, and yeah. then Jurassic World Two is kind of like. Oh, we're gonna conserve these dinosaurs, but oh no, there's something else going on. Type yep. thing. <laughs> it's oh, just yeah. let let's let's uh put a bit of uh put a bit of sweet, put a bit of sour, and then you've got the Indoraptor. Yep, yep. Like that. Which that's is, pretty much what it was. Yeah, I was just like, oh, it's smarter than the other one. Oh boy. I really like Blue as a character. I think Blue's awesome. Oh yeah. I think Blue's like just so cool, but um, it's funny how uh. Blue is kind of the hero in, like, both Jurassic World movies, which is good. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Like, I mean, look, let's be fair. Raptors were quite intelligent. The movies kind of blow that out of proportion, Mm. but I feel... Look, second movie was great as, like, a little fun theme park sort of movie, but I felt like the story fell short at certain points. Yeah, yeah. So... Which one, number two or the first Um, one? Fallen Kingdom. The first one was great. I absolutely loved the first one. But number two felt like... Hey, let's capitalize on the fact that Jurassic Park's back. I mean, Jurassic World. Sorry, what? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that yeah. that's what I feel happened. But look, I enjoyed it nonetheless. But I did, I did like. Yeah, they were a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, it's been it's been an action packed week in gaming. Like maybe let's just jump straight into the the news. Unless unless you've uh, unless you've watched something that's also tickled your fancy. Uh, no, nah, I, I mean, if, you, if, if you're taking um, into account that I'm re-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the third time in a row, 
sure. <laughs> but besides that, nah, not really. <laughs> oh, man. I think that show just got less and less funny for me. I, I don't know. I, I absolutely loved it. I, I, I can't explain it. I just, I love the humor. I love the charm to it. I just, I just love it. I, I yeah. like every chance I get, I watch, uh, I watch it with the missus and she loves it as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, uh, I think community is one of those shows that I really didn't like after the first season. Yeah. Yeah. It just lost a lot of its fire, its charm. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. It's a shame when something you look forward to and you hear so much about it turns out to be a bit, um, a bit underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, um, Microsoft held its Xbox Game Showcase last Friday. Did a live stream. <clears throat> Whoa. See, I'm, oh, I'm choking on my words. Did a live stream. Words, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh God. This is the worst worst time to have a Skittle. I'm addicted to these Skittles. I can't help myself. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ban you from having a Skittle and you. Are, I'm going to torment you by having a bowl of Skittles in front of you so that every time you look down and try to take one, you're just going to no. picture my face going, stop it, it. It'll be like, um, it'll be a bowl of Skittles, but it's got like like really tight glad wrap on it that I can never, I can never put my hand through the glad wrap. So I'm always no, looking through, but I can never actually reach no, it. No, 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 no. Glad wrap's too easy to break through. How about we put gaffer <laughs> tape around the edges and make wow. it like a see-through surface? So you have to bite your way into the ball. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's, that's true. true torture. That's true, true torture here. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to make another segue off that to the Xbox Game Showcase. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> Coming back to the 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 uh, the main topic for this week, which was uh, Friday's Xbox Game Showcase, uh, which Microsoft hosted live. Um, at about two o'clock in the morning Australian time, which was a you know a bit unfortunate for us, but you know friends over in the UK and America probably had it a very good time for them. The main thing about this show is that it was all about games. In fact, Microsoft made a big uh, big deal about the fact that nine of its fifteen Xbox Game Studios uh, showed off titles. So uh, you should expect the the remaining. You know, six out of the fifteen to show off some more games, maybe in a future uh, game showcase coming a bit closer to the Xbox Series X's launch. But the the main thing that kind of kicked off the show was Halo Infinite, uh, an eight minute gameplay demo of Halo Infinite. Um, did you have the chance to uh, watch that at all? Oh, for sure. I uh, I had to watch it a few times to be to say the least because. I, I, like many others, have picked up on the fact that the graphics looked a bit looked a bit odd in certain segments. Yeah. Until I read the fact that it's actually like a four-month-old demo without all the proper, you know, post-effects and all that stuff after mm. the game's finished. So I'm like, I'm going to give it a bit of leeway yeah. because, you know, um, if it's not a finished product, then, you know, what that's my expectation is that the game looks fine as it is. It will look better with the post And it was a know, very weird demo, like um, Digital Foundry did a, a kind of like a video analysis of the graphics and kind of explained a lot of the the reason why the game... I think the main problem with the game is that it looks very flat and like static. It doesn't look very dynamic and lively. And a lot of that's, you know, to do with the fact that it was set in like kind of a valley. So like in a, like in a shadowy environment and video games notoriously are really bad at doing doing shadows so all the fancy new lighting effects and stuff that the game is supposed to show off uh you know weren't really put to test in the demo but i'm gonna yeah, i'm gonna yeah. say this and i'm gonna be very clear about this that halo infinite is the type of game that 
has suffered at the hands of being a cross-generation game, right? Okay. Here's my reasoning for that, is that the... Because yeah. I'm, actually, I'm actually curious to hear this, because um, when people say victim of cross-gen development, I sort of think, what, what's the actual reasoning behind it? Like, what do you mm. mean? As in, are you trying to appeal to the masses, as in, like, you know, for PC and Xbox, or, like, what, like what, so what's here's the, uh, the, here's the reason? Thing, right? So the Xbox Series X has got technology that can revolutionize the way the games can look, right? One of the main things that it has is that it's got something called support for ray tracing, real-time ray tracing, which is basically uh, a way of saying uh, ray tracing is where you can have realistic lighting because you're actually creating sources of light in the game world and having everything around it react realistically, right? So... Yeah. Currently, the way that a lot of games kind of do this is that they kind of fake it, right? So, like, say, like, a game of The Last of Us Part 2, or even most games, you would have, basically, the lighting, quote-unquote, is kind of, basically, the textures, the light parts of a of an object, or the dark parts are actually hard. They're kind of, like, already in the texture itself. So, it's a, it's a, it's a way to kind of fake... It, it's a way to make things look very realistic in terms of the way they're lighting, right? Like, say you're coming like yep, a, yep. like say a, a scene where you you've got partial shadow, partial light, because you know, like say in a game like Last of Us, where you know where the character's coming from, you know they're coming from this particular door. You can kind of create a scene like a diorama and have everything exactly the way it should be, for from the point of view of where the character is, right? Because you know the character is going to walk this way, mm-hmm. the camera can only move so much. So therefore, you can dedicate all your artists to say, "All right, here's what here's here's this little diorama scene." Because there's no need, there's not going to be that much dynamism. What you can do is you can make everything look super realistic by making every single texture and everything, every object have this kind of lighting, the static lighting built in that looks very realistic, right? Now, what some games do instead is they do sort of like dynamic lighting, um, like games like Far Cry. I think Far Cry Three was like kind of the pioneer of it in the in the current gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of like basically, you create kind of these spheres and you place them around the world, and the spheres kind of reflect uh, the light around them, right? So you kind of have like a whole bunch of these spheres, and as the character models move around, or objects move around, you kind of jump from, okay, this is the sphere where it's in shadow, so this is the colors, and this is the the, the effects you should have. Now, now this object's moved towards the sun. Okay, so this is a different sphere that has certain lighting characteristics applied to it, right? But you'll get those weird things where... Because the spheres aren't actually hundred percent like like accurate, you'll get a thing like you probably notice in a lot of games where objects and stuff like that that are technically in the shadow they still look well lit, even though they shouldn't be. They just like like say for example you're playing a game like Uncharted or or like a game like Far Cry and there's like a little like say there's a ledge like a little like like there's a box yeah a wooden box that you'd use as cover right and there's yeah. like a petrol can behind it. You know, you know, one of those little red cans that you're meant to shoot and make everything blow up, right? Technically, it's on the opposite yeah, side yeah. of the box, so it where there's shadow. But because of the way the game, the way that dyna- quote-unquote dynamic lighting is done, even though it's in shadow, the 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 lighting profile attached to the can makes it look as if it's like glowing mysteriously, <laughs> like it's 
it's it's it's kind of artificially gl- yeah. glowing against a shadow background because the the light isn't carefully like isn't dynamically being generated. It's not being like accurately like kind of measured as if your eyes see it in like a proper scene, right? So in the case of yep, ray tracing, yep. it's like stuff that's why Pixar movies and things like that look so awesome is because they actually map out like okay, here's a light source, here's a light source, right? What we're going to do is we're going to um, mm-hmm. uh, like say okay this is the sun and I'm and I'm going to make it so that wherever the sun is I have a model of how the light will react with different objects so if you move the sun around the scene the the shadows the lighting and everything will dynamically change based on the position of the light source right but to do that because you yeah. want to make things so accurate that uses a lot a lot of um, resources yeah a lot of computational power and things like that so that's why pixar movies and stuff their scenes take months and months to render because they're doing everything in such high detail right now the idea of ray tracing is that you're doing that detail light measurement the realistic light measurement Uh, you're not doing it to the same extent as like a pixar quality but you're doing it just enough so that it mimics reality so that when you move, like say a shadow moves from, a, like a, a, like say if Master Chief moved from one area to another, he his armor and everything like that would actually dynamically move, like there'd, there'd actually be shadows on bits and pieces. You know how like, like say you you have a gun, bits of the gun stick out, so that bit that sticks out is in light, but the bit directly underneath the gun is in shadow. But a lot of games don't can't show that. They just have kind of a flat profile for the lighting, yeah? Kind of makes everything look like it's glowing. Yeah, yeah. Even though it shouldn't be. I mean, look, like let's yeah. just say this, all right? First of all, um, as you're having a lovely discussion about the lighting in video games, I went and yeah. got some popcorn as I was listening to it. I was just like, this is so amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Keep going, so, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, but jo- that's the I'm thing, just joking yeah. on that. Um, but, like, someone actually, say, for example, applied uh, the ray yeah. tracing... Um, method to i think it was halo yeah. 2 or halo 3 one of the and it older awesome. installments and it it made and even minecraft in, with difference. ray tracing looks so amazing everything just looks alive okay I, i'm gonna be fair minecraft <laughs> with ray tracing it looks disgusting <laughs> That's, it just makes it look it much different than disgusting. what you'd want from it <laughs> yeah but the, the game the game is like everything's, it's meant to be like, voxel based like bright <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yes in a game well, like halo oh, yeah, where there's so the much thing. happening so i think there's it's kind of a the, the reason why i say that the 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 xbox series x like this this halo infinite should be a showcase for the the console right but i think microsoft's kind of done a couple of things wrong microsoft said number one push for 4k 60 frames per second now to do that realistically okay. you can't have real-time ray tracing just yet until they figure out to get every single piece of percentage you, out of the you, console. It's it's like a, yeah. a domino effect. You need to have one thing set in place before the other yeah. thing can fall in. Otherwise, you'll just you'll sort of knock yeah. two dominoes down, but the other one will still be standing or exactly. you know. Exactly. So be to get that realistic direction. lighting, you need to have one hundred percent of the resources, which at this early stage of the Xbox Series X, the developers haven't unlocked that right. Like even like a th- you need to get like a six seven hundred dollar graphics card to get even basic ray tracing. So imagine a six and $700 console trying to do that, right? That's not going to be likely this early in the yeah. console generation. Number two, um, Marco, the, the um, Microsoft said, okay, well, we've got a commitment that this game needs to come out on a, needs to be playable on a base Xbox One, an Xbox Series X, 
and an Xbox One X. So like th- kind of like three, like a, a console that came out in 2013, See, 2017, and 2020, right? Like, okay, I'm just going to quickly interrupt there for a sec. This is the issue with, uh, you know, what a lot of the newer games currently at the moment is that, hey, you know, we're designing it for the Xbox um, Series X. Is it is it called Series the Xbox X, X or Xbox is it just Series X? X? I, yep. Series X? Okay. We're designing this game for the Xbox Series X, but it's also going to be on the Xbox One. And it's like... Uh, like, what's the? I, I I get it. Like, if people want to get the game early and then you know yeah. transfer it over to Xbox Series X when the actual um console comes out, but it's like in my vision, it's like why would you bother? What? Why not wait? Like, honestly, I and and for a game like this, I would wait because if you're going to be playing it on a backwards compatible um, oh, I wouldn't say backwards compatible. Um, I would say backwards yeah. console. <laughs> yeah. What do you call it? Like, I just feel like. Having it on the Xbox One, for example, I feel like it would just lack a little bit more yeah. of that charm because they've been pitching it for the Xbox Series X. So Look, I, I made this argument. I don't know. I that, made that's this personally what I last think. Week when I was speaking with Christian, is that is the fact that as soon as you try to limit, like, if as soon as you try to make a developer work to different levels of performance, they're gonna go for the one that is like if you tell them you need to make the same game well then i'm gonna have to make a game that can run on the base model xbox one and not a game that is so like needs so much power that people on xbox one can't play it because my bosses are going to say no go back to the drawing board and i can't make a game that you know yeah like that and i can't make two different games because they're going to be like well we can't put the same title on it and we're going to lose sales or you know we're not going to sell as many copies blah 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 so you've got the num- number two issue where yeah. there's too much of a compromise because the developers weren't given you know allowed to just say you know what we we only have to focus on getting the most out of the xbox series x fuck the xbox one but now you can see it's got a very flat design as well you know like like even the animations like the way the you know the um what's it called? like the covenant dropship kind of floats in the air it's kind of like very robotic it just yeah, kind of goes yeah. like darts from side to side like very weirdly the animation of that feels very like current generation not next generation you know what i mean the the yeah, yeah, yeah. the detail and the textures doesn't seem very high like the, the the design of the armor and everything seems very flat it doesn't even seem like if you look at older halo games like even the artwork of that just seem to be a bit more alien looking you know what i mean this artwork looks very flat and yeah boring. but i think i reckon a, a, a simple cause for that um i could be wrong here but you know it's 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 worthy of discussion i think the co- the cause for that is you know um people have played so i mean this is on the assumption that people have played the halo games and whatnot so you've played halo one two three four five halo wars one and mm. two uh, Reach, ODST, you know, all, like there's so many Halo games, but I think people are just so sort of used to mm. it already, if that makes sense. Like, you know, oh yeah, look, it's a Phantom, hooray, it's darting mm. across, uh, you know, an open field and whatnot. But I think what what's getting to people is the fact that the way this game is being marketed so far, this is mm. from what I've seen and from some of the screenshots and art and the uh, art box that was revealed or leaked as well, um, they're pitching it as a return back to its foundation with the improved um, mechanics from all the games. So it's like, I can understand where they're going. They're going back yeah. to their roots and where they started, but it's like, 
how do you improve upon the beginning though is the real question like i get yeah hey it's set on another halo ring the mm. the enemies are going to be banished well, so you know the uh the jirahane or the brutes yeah. are back which well, is I, awesome i, think, I love I think seeing the Bungie's, brutes i'm not um, 343 industries is trying you know like the rumored kind of grappling hook that uh like master chief finally gets you know but when you see it in action it doesn't really seem very there's no like it's kind of like there's like a lack of physicality to master chief's action you think like all this extra processing power could be put to good use to make you know the hits feel a bit more solid like even the even the um the the warthog kind of looks like it's sliding over the terrain like like halo 3 it doesn't look that i saw that it doesn't look like even when you're drawing over the grass okay it it doesn't like you don't leave like mud tracks behind or anything like that it doesn't look like a next gen game. yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel right it feels like a current gen game but honestly like the part that got me and it sort of annoyed me to the to, to a degree was that I'm so used to hearing the the traditional warthog sound. You know what I'm talking oh. about? In this in it, this demo, it didn't have the the flair or the juiciness yeah, of the felt, other previous like truck, warthogs. Like I was a, like, like a normal Ute or something. Yeah, it sounded like a truck. Yeah, it just sounded like a truck. But look, to be fair, I reckon that's mainly because of the fact that yeah. a it's a demo, it's so not, none of the stuff in the demo was fully fleshed out. And it's it's not it's not a current demo as well exactly so it's a it was a four month to five month old demo which they had done ages ago yeah. so at this point in time they would have already done you know all the improved sound effects all the improved animations and you know the ray tracing and all that they would have done that already or you know they're in the process yeah. of doing that already um, because honestly a game like that if they're going to showcase like that I'm pretty sure what they were aiming for is that hey look. We're going to showcase something that's a little bit more low quality than what you're used to, but the end product will be fucking yeah, beautiful. Yeah. That's what I reckon they're doing. It's it's a bit of reverse psychology to, to a degree because everyone's like, "Hey, I want to see what the you know the latest trend, you know, the latest high intense graphics game and whatever it is." Um, so I feel like it's a bit of a well, social experiment. So, as like, well, I think the, I think the issue with the demo. Well, I think my my main concern with the game is that because Microsoft has kind of said you got to make it run on Xbox One. It's kind of held back 343 from taking advantage of features that could only be done on an Xbox Series X. So that's why you've got kind of old, like these kind of yeah. robotic, like, you know, not robot, well, kind of current generation level of quality in terms of, you know, textures popping in or, or geometry, like, you know, everything yeah, seems kind of yeah. flat and boring. It, even, even the, um, like, even kind of the, like, the, the world kind of doesn't, see, it doesn't seem as alien as it used to. You know what I mean? Now, granted, when you had less graphics yeah, back on the original yeah. Xbox and stuff, you kind of your imagination will kind of fill it in. You know the art design, but that's the other thing. Look at Halo oh, Three and yeah, Halo Reach sure. or something I, versus I, 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 this. Like you can see a lot of the art design. Like it's just lacking here as well. Yeah, and look again, that probably falls onto the fact that you know again it's a four month it's yeah. a four month old demo, um, and you know they've still got to place in a few more assets, a few more events, a few more enemies, yeah. you know, yeah. and all that jazz. Um, yeah, so like the way I reckon this demo was sh- structured was that you press A, you know, menu goes. I'm sorry, the the menu goes into whatever that the uh, cutscene was, and the cutscene went into, I think it was level four mm. or five that they said. Um, so it wasn't the proper yeah. introduction to the game. It was already sort of, hey, let's get thrown straight into the deep end. Um, that's why and we're that's probably here. why it's like that. That's why we're here, <laughs> Chief. <of> <laughs> um, but hey, look, look, as I said, look, in terms of that game, 
Sure. Okay. Yeah. They're going to probably, you know, showing off something that's not done yet, but then the end mm. product will look beautiful. But I can say a game that yep. did look beautiful, but I'm not a huge fan of because, you know, I don't, I don't play a lot of racing games um, as I'm, I haven't, you know, don't have the, the taste for them is oh, Forza Motorsports. They look amazing. How about that? How how you know, gorgeous and, did that look? It, it, it Holy looks, crap. It looks bloody amazing. And the, the thing I really liked about it is the fact that unlike previous Forza games where it was always like, oh, here, look at how beautiful this McLaren looks or this Lamborghini or whatever, right? It was basically like a whole bunch yeah. of just... It was just... I think they might have been McLarens, but they were actually racing. Like they had racing liveries and things like that. I think I think maybe Forza's seen yeah, the success yeah, yeah. of games like Gran Turismo Sport, you know, um, Assetto Corsa, Competizione, or even something like Project Cars 2, where people have really embraced the online racing. Yeah, yeah. And even games like iRacing that have got really serious credibility, they've come into the mainstream because of, you know, everyone being in lockdown and all these professional racers having to race online. I think this could be the thing... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, you just reminded oh. me of something. Racing online. <laughs> what is it? Drone racing? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, they they, they all buy go. a separate drone outfitter with like I mean, the latest helicopter blades and stuff and just fly racing, So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why the hell not? <laughs> Coming Social distance stop, racing. Come on. Propellers out. <laughs> oh no! He, oh no! He's dropped <laughs> the propeller. Got to switch it over. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the thing. That's as a Forza uh, fan. But yeah, look, it, I'm I reckon so I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead to see this approach to embracing look, real, like real racing etiquette and racing kind of tactics. Yeah, look, I, I will be fair. As I said, I'm not a huge racing fan. I've never liked racing ever since I was a kid. I mean, I did play the odd Need for Speed here and there, but I, even then, I, I wouldn't fully enjoy them because I don't like racing yep. i like cars but i don't yeah. like racing um but i can say this i can be excited for any uh racing fans out there because this yeah, game looked amazing just definitely, from the trailer definitely. alone and 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 i the fact that it says forza motorsport and not forza motorsport 8 i think i think this might be a yeah. situation they, well, they did away I, with I the number situation like like what 343 Industries is planning with Halo Infinite is that instead of having kind of standalone sequels that are like box products, you may see something like a, a Destiny model of where it's like kind of yearly major updates to the game, um, which I think could be I, I think could be the, the smart way of doing it. Um, it's it's something that fighting games like Tekken and stuff have done really well, which is you've got a really solid core game and you build yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, new 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 cars. New tracks. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think I think that could be really awesome. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, as I was saying as well, the, I reckon the trailer actually encapsulated um, the true strength of the Xbox yeah. Series X. Um, that's what I See, reckon. That game um, doesn't look like it could have been on an Xbox Like one. That's, that's what I saw. That's what I actually saw when I was watching. I was like, bloody hell, you have <laughs> got to be shitting me. I was actually like yeah, yeah. wowed by it. As I said, but even though I'm the not a, a racing fan, I was still wowed by it because it's it's taking in the strength and the shininess had all of the, the Xbox. All the shinies were given to Microsoft. It had stole all, the all the shinies. shinies it that's had, what's happened. Yeah, of course, of course. But yeah. I, in, all, in all honesty, talking about shinies, uh, the next part we're, we're going to talk about is not too shiny because we're going into the grim darkness of the 41st or the 40th, 40,000th millennia. Oh my you're, God, you're I can't say it millennia. right. 
Um, <laughs> or was it the, the 40th 41st, millennium? Cause, whatever. Cause I, I can't like say the, right. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't the 41st. I was surprised. Um, so this 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 next title is mm. a bit of a surprise to me. I was not expecting this. Um, Warhammer 40,000 Darktide. Cool, um, like I, holy crap. I don't really okay, have um, affinity for... I think like I know... I haven't really played Warhammer games before. Um, like, I've been interested, but like... Um, yeah, been, you're, you're talking yeah, to Yeah, because I know Warhammer 40k... Um, I've played my fair share of Warhammer games. was kind of a couple of years ago. That looked fun as well, but this looks like... That that yeah. that was fun now, and this is looks still like fun. some sort of like co-op... Like a kind of tactical shooter. Okay. Horror themed shooter. Yeah. Okay. So I can I give I can I give you the brief rundown of what I reckon of it because I know the developers behind this. Um, the Vermin Fat Shark. People. I'm pretty sure they're called. Yeah. So Fat Shark, the development team at Fat Shark, are the ones responsible for developing and designing Vermintide mm-hmm. and Vermintide Two. So you know, four player co op action. Um, co-op uh game you know of leveling up and loot and all that which is i've played i've played yeah. in both they're pretty fun um i've had my fair share with um friends and stuff in that game really solid games although i think they had a bit of a bit of a rocky launch i wouldn't say full-on rocky but a little bit rocky but they looked they they turned out quite well um and now well, i i feel like they're doing they the same treatment the, to the 44 40, 40, in the vein of like Left for Dead, like that kind of four-player. You choose a character uh, with abilities, and you got to yeah, like, fight through hordes. I, I, I think, I guess so. But they took it to a a, a certain degree. So they mm. used the formula of the Left for Dead formula, where you know you got to get it from point A to point yeah. B. You've got something in the middle that stops you. Say like a barn door that you need a breakdown, but it takes like five minutes because you know there's bloody rubble and stuff. Yeah. In this game, you've got character advancements as well. So you get to level five, you unlock a, you know, a different iteration of a character with new skills and new weapon types and new abilities and oh, all okay. that jazz. So this, so not Dark Tide in 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 person. I'm talking like Vermintide, their yeah. previous titles, and that's what I reckon really sort of brought a bit more fresh air to the genre mm. was that. They added a bit more advancement to the game and made it feel like the more you played it, the more it felt like, hey, look, I'm advancing, I'm becoming more powerful, more weapons, more mm. armor. Mm. Yeah, in terms of Dark Tide, I feel like um, that's what they're doing, yeah. but I could be wrong. Like, you know, it could be, you know, just uh, a four player shooter, action, role play, whatever. Like, you know, it's really exciting. Yeah. And also the fact for any um, Warhammer 40k members out there, I'm pretty sure if you watch the trailer real close, I'm pretty sure the enemy is the, um, oh, what are they called? Gene Steeler Colts. That's it. The Gene Steeler Colt is an enemy. I reckon. I, 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 that's, I have a strong belief that Gene Steeler Colts will be the enemy oh, okay. in Darktide. Are they kind of the... Um, oh, look, I'm not going to go into it because it's, it's, it's a really long oh, okay. sort of... Yeah, uh, Gene Stealers are t- are tyrannid, um, off- like offshoot. Um, they're they're one of the smartest. Um, they're able to act under, uh, with or without the hive mind interaction, but they sort of act by themselves. And they have the ability to feast on corpses and take in DNA and adapt and all that jazz. It's really complex, uh, okay. and it gets really a it's a story. And they for don't like the time, Imperium. I, I would say. <laughs> Oh, I mean, they're, they're aliens that, you know, they all listen to one hive mind. And when the hive mind says, I'm hungry, they go out and kill for food. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's, 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 as I said, it's quite dark. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, you know what's also dark? I love this. I love this. Obsidian. <laughs> Obsidian. Obsidian is a very dark um, material. 
And that's right. We are now talking about Obsidian Entertainment yes. with the, uh, you know, the new game that got announced. Um, what was it? Avowed. Avowed. Yes. Now, what do you think of that? Uh, Tell it me. looks okay. Here's my impression of Obsidian. Obsidian makes fantastic games, but historically, Obsidian's kind of brought in to kind of clean up after Bioware, right? They did Kotor two. Uh, they did um, Mass. You mean Bethesda? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, by, or back in the day, oh, actually, Bioware, actually yes, both. and Bioware Bethesda, and right? Bethesda. So like, kind of like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, KOTOR, oh shit, Bioware's got to go make another game like Jade Empire or whatever. Oh, Obsidian, come on in, make a KOTOR too. Here you go. Um, and then there, you know, uh, was it Bethesda made Fallout 3? Huge hit. E- yep. And then yep, uh, yep, basically, yep. there were then a Bethesda got put on to making Skyrim. And so Zenimax is like, all right, here's some money, Obsidian. How about you go and make um, something like an offshoot of Fallout 3? When I mean, we got Fallout New Vegas based on the same engine, but a lot of people and preferred the story ha- of New Vegas, as far as I can tell. New Vegas. But it had its own bugs yeah, and things like I have, that. Did you have you noticed yeah. that? Like, have, have you actually yeah. noticed that that? People prefer Obsidian Entertainment's yeah. Fallout, not Bethesda's Fallout. Exactly. Now, what does that say to you? So that says to me like, that what this, does that actually say that, to you? What that says to me is that this game is going to be good because Obsidian isn't hamstrung by having to use someone else's broken engine to make it to make a better yeah. sequel. Yeah, that's. That's what mm-hmm. I'm because let's be let's be honest. Bethesda games are known for two things. Number one is like you know you could say scale. There's a lot to do in the games, right? Oh, the scale. But is number two is the bugs, like the bugs, mate. Oh come on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We can't call them bugs. If it's a Bethesda game, it's mechanics. It's- not yes. bugs, yeah, it's of mechanics. Course, of course. Let's, let's call them quirks. Let's, that's let's that's call the them, common game. Let's call them um, questionable characteristics, all right? And <laughs> um, just quoting Todd Howard here, um, you know, in, Beth- in Bethesda-type games like Fallout and Skyrim, our mechanics just work. Oh, God. But yeah, so Avowed, um, Skyrim-style, like Skyrim-based game, um, you know, first-person, I, I think maybe third-person action I, I think, you know sword and shield I, yeah, gameplay i think it looked first person from like some of the like yeah. the short uh, glimpses of gameplay we got but yeah yeah um and guess what avowed what universe avowed's based in i want you i want you to guess it's one of obsidian's um one of their actual like bigger it's titles pi- it's, not it's, pillars, more, it's not pillars of eternity it's yep, it's set. it's based in the Pillars of Eternity universe. Ah, which which is all which is based on D and D, right? Or it's no, kind of like, or is no, it? But is that like Obsidian's own universe created? It's, it's Obsidian's oh, own okay, universe cool. created, which they created with crowdfunding. Yes, that was a, that was one of the big three alongside Broken Age and um, I think Star Citizen back yep, in the day. Yep. Yeah. Well, this I mean, Star Citizen even released. Like, do we have a playable version of Star Citizen? No. <laughs> Okay. I think we might get Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> Sorry, that. I just had to. I, I have to take the piss out of Star Citizen because they they keep saying it's going to release, it's going to release, and then they add another two years of development to the game. It's like, when is it going to release? Oh my god, release another thirty thousand dollars ship. People will buy it. We need funding. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so it's set in the Pearls of Eternity That's universe, cool. which you know I have to give Obsidian props for that because a game or a game series that was originally based on crowdfunding is you know it's very unheard of and. I feel like it's Obsidian has the strength. It's a success story. And people exactly. like Pillars like, of Eternity too, as well. I'm pretty sure. 
I am yet to play it, but I hear it was an absolutely amazing sequel to the first one. Because, like, the, the second one, I reckon, was based with a bit more actual funding rather than crowdfunding. Mm. But the first one was an actual major success because of the fact that people believed in Obsidian and Obsidian delivered on a big platter saying, I hope you enjoy. Yeah. Because what you that's like the thing, like, um, like, Obsidian Entertainment kind of channeled the nostalgia that people had for, like, the older... Isometric. Oh, like Neverwinter exactly. Nights, D and D, exactly yeah, for like the, the nostalgia that games. people had for those older PC games. So yeah, the the gamble paid off. People liked it. Then uh, Pillars of Eternity two came out. People liked mm-hmm. that as well. And I think Avowed. I think the benefit of Avowed is that there's oh. a lot more fantasy okay. to the lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I reckon the lore is based on the fact that, you know, if the first two, uh, the Pills of Eternity games will help improve that. Yeah. I think it will be based in its own regard, but playing the, the Pills of Eternity games will help you improve your knowledge and aspect of the game. Um, just quickly, mm. though, Obsidian Entertainment's The Outer Worlds, absolutely fantastic game. Well, I recommend playing it. And that was it. basically like uh, Obsidian's Fallout in space. Obsidian's Fallout. <laughs> and it was a better it Fallout, had- right? It was a better Fallout. Like, it had the feel of Fallout New Vegas tour. And it was amazing. <laughs> I finished it within, like, three days. I was like, what the hell? What? <laughs> I wanted more. Because I-, I was salivating at the fact that the game was so good. But, yeah, like, holy crap. Oh, that's... That, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a topic for another time. But in terms of the fact of good games... Well, um, before we move on... We wanna- Speaking of speaking of Obsidian though, like just to quickly say, Obsidian did also um, announce an expansion to the Outer Worlds called The Perils of Gorgon. It's kind of um, yeah, which is oh, a new story. Yes, it takes right. place on I think a I think it's like some sort of moon with a mysterious enemy. Some mysterious, some nefarious things are happening on this mysterious world, and yeah, it's yeah. about about six to eight hours of content and. Also, Obsidian is working on a game called Grounded. It's it's uh, described as a survival game, oh, and it looks like it takes yes, 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 takes yes. place in the world of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. In the fact that you're basically playing playing as like a quartet of kids uh, trying to survive yep. in the backyard of the house, and you, you're fighting like bugs who are like I'm, giant. I'm going to be like honest that. right now. I'm going to mm. be honest. When that game comes out, I will more than likely buy it, and I will more than likely force a few of our Double Jump community or staff members <laughs> to play it. It looks amazing. I love it. Look, it, it's it's a cute it's a cute little you know. I love the um, imagination of it. Game, the imagination behind it is what makes me want to play it. And like the fact that hey, you you know you can play with like three to four friends and whatnot, and you have to you know you can leave people <laughs> behind or you can help them and kill spiders and cockroaches while you're the size of a peanut. It's like. I'm actually excited <laughs> for that because it's a different, unique title. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that's why I, that's why I, it kind of like put a smile on my face, and I, I love the the little cheeky nod to uh, Cyberpunk. <laughs> it did the oh. it did the Austin Powers <laughs> thing of like yes, you know, yes, it, it, that uh, was absolutely I, I love amazing. That. Uh, I think you guys, if you get the chance, if you haven't already, check out the announcement um, trailer for Grounded. It's a lot of fun. Uh, definitely check it out and let us know what you think. That, that uh, I would love to hear oh, from yeah. you guys. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure, for Lucas. Sure, I'm sure you sure. would too, man. That game just looks like so much fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> it does. It really does. Like if you're not into survival um, co-op action games, mate, man, you've got to like <laughs> really look at this. And uh, this game will literally convince you to play survival. Just, just have games fun because of the fact it's so. It's it looks like a fun game, and I hope it's approachable. That's the thing. 
That's the thing, man. I hope so. I hope so. That that's that's the thing. But look, I have faith in Obsidian that they're gonna make an absolutely amazing game. I have now, faith. Now, now, uh, Lucas, this next game caps capped yes. off the showcase. Like, um, I think yes. this is a game that you've been waiting for for a very long time. Oh God, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, please tell us what did you think? What do you think of the idea of a, a new full oh. Fable game coming? Oh, my friend. I, amongst many other Fable fans, have been waiting, <laughs> dreaming, also dreading when Fable 4 was ever going to come out or at least be announced. Yeah. I have been reading and scavenging any piece of information I could mm. over the last couple years yeah. wow. until one day I stumbled upon an article um, that I was reading and it described um, job openings for a new... IP RPG for the Xbox. Yep. Now, when they say IP RPG for the Xbox, your mind starts running. It's like, what game could it be? But for me, the only sort of big RPG that I knew that was with Xbox from the very start was Fable. So you think it was kind of like a misdirect? I was losing my mind. Make people think it's a new it game. It was a misdirect. New franchise, but it was yes, actually it the was tried an and true. misdirect. And I was bloody <laughs> right the, about And the crazy thing is, at the very and end, it's coming from the folks who made the Forza Horizon games. Playground Games is best known yeah, for the Forza Horizon yeah. games. And uh, it's like, it's it's com- it's not there in their field. That's what that's what I'm curious about. Is that they opened up a whole brand new studio just to make like an offshoot of RPG games. So they've got their main studio to do um, the racing games like Forza Motorsports and whatever. And then they've got this studio that's de- that's designed to build RPG games and all that jazz. Mm. Um, from what I've been reading, I've got to look at it a bit more because I might have my information wrong yeah. in certain parts. But yeah. My okay, there was no gameplay. We'll say yeah. that there was no gameplay, but the fact that the trailer said, um, you know, this is this game is literally, you know, it's no one's a hero, but you know, this is the start of your story. Yeah. Because let's be fair, in Fable, you can either be a hero, a bad guy, or in between, or just be an absolute asshole. Like that's what the game is about: is just having your way, no matter what the game says. Yeah. Help me, help me! You know, I've been robbed. You got three options, you know. Do you help the person stop the robber and get the money back? Do you rob the person of their clothes and leave them out to dry naked? Or do you, you know, kill the robber and kill the dude and get you double the reward? It's literally play as you want. Now, the thing is, mm. the part that I'm really sort of happy about is the fact that I th- I believe, I've got to look at it again, that Peter Molyneux himself is not a part of the project, <laughs> yeah. which means... I have faith that this game could be what Fable originally was meant to be. What what is that? An actual RPG experience. Remember, the original pitch for RP um sorry, uh, Fable back in the day was that play as you want, anywhere you want. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, Fable and Fable slash Fable the Lost Chapters came out and it was a bit of a Look, it was a bit of a, you know, play as you want, be anywhere I mean, you want. But it that was, was almost 20 years ago as well, you got to ask. Yeah. Look, it was, they were amazing games. I played the absolute living crap out of Lost Chapters. I finished it about that five times. That was the times, PC kind of re-release, right? Or was that the second game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was Fable 2. Or was... PC, Xbox re-release. Yeah, yeah. So I played the absolute living crap out of it. But in a sense, I, I, I picked up on the issues that the games had. And that was, you know, the original pitch was it's an RPG where you can be whoever you want, however yeah. you want. But... 
it, it, it suffered from railroading, you know? The game's trying to lead you down this direction, you know? And then it will sort of tug you like, hey, hey, you know, come down this way, mm. you know? Be over here. This is where the main mission yeah. is. Well, I feel with the new one, I reckon it might be something more. I even, I'm even hearing the fact that Fable might even be an MMO, which I hope is not true. Because MMO, you know, tells you, okay, it's going to be big. It's going to be massive. It's going to have you know, players all over the place. But my concern of MMOs is optimization, servers. You know, you have to take into consideration the fact that how <sighs> massive an MMO could be. unnecessary um, overhead. Oh, for sure. Like, it's unnecessary. And I feel like they're just sort of overthinking it at the moment because not not too much information has been revealed or, you know, leaked as of right now. Um, all that's been shown is, hey, look, Fable 4 is an actual thing. Yep. What about that? Also, that just reminded me. It doesn't have Fable. It doesn't have the number four on it, which it's means like a is this or a, a, new world? a remake? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. it could be a whole new thing. Like it's it, it's it's doing the same thing as you know Forza Motorsports and Halo Infinite. There is no number. It's just the word. Mm, so mm. that's that's the part that gets me curious. Really curious. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's why I think the the response has been positive so far. Is because the, the, I think I think the trailer kind of captured the trademark humor from the, the series. Oh, definitely. And the, the fact that it's not a Halo, Halo Four, it's not Fable Four, means that it's probably a fresh start, and that would be oh, welcome. Yeah. I think. It, look, let's let's be fair. The Fable, the Fable series of games has been in denial for such a long period of time, yeah. right? You had the first three games. You had one, two, three, okay? Each game was great in their own way, but it, like the first two, the first game was absolutely great. Second game, you know, was even better, yeah. but I, I kind of got bored of it because I, I played it like a couple years after. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get the full enjoyment out of it. Number three was fun to a point and then it just hit bloody rock bottom. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, the, I think it was, was it Lionhead? Yep. Um, Lionhead Studios uh, went bankrupt or whatever. Ooh, just um, got shut down because, by uh, Microsoft, you know, I believe. They just shut yeah. down. And, you know, then they just released, you know, they released like three other Fable games, you know, Fable the Legend on Xbox Connect, which which was an absolute flop. Um, they were going to release an, a Fable mobile, which flopped as well. Yeah. It was a cancelled role-playing game. And then they released game. like, yeah, it was a cancelled role-playing yeah. game, you know, but I wasn't too excited for it because I don't like MOBAs in general. But then they, they tried to release, like, um, you know, Little Big Planet? Like, you know, the little Sackboy yeah. sort of character? They tried to release a Fable version of that, where it's like, you know, four-player co-op, you play as any heroes or villains from the Fable series, and you, you know, Hop you around. can play like a Castle Crushers type game. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, But yeah. Then, then, that, then nothing happened with that. I heard nothing I think, the, I think that was that. the Legends it, game. No, that was the four-player. No, four no, play. Legends, Legends was, was the, the one in the Connect. No, that was you... uh, Fable the Journey. Oh, yeah. right. Yes, yeah, sorry. So Fable the Journey. Yeah, yeah, you're, right, you're right. You're Fable right. the Journey yeah. was the one where you're basically on a horse cart. Like, it was just, like, very basic. Yeah. At Fable... Um, and all you had was magic. And Fable Legends was the kind of four-player co-op game. And then there was also Fable yep, yep, yep. Fortune, which is kind of the card game that got shut down earlier this year. Yeah, and then that got yeah. shut down. So we've had four shut down, mm. um, like, Fable games. Yeah. And, like, you know, and then they just stopped releasing everything in Fable in general because they were like, well hey, we've sort of saturated the bloody title with so, so many failed titles. Like, what are we and doing that's now? The thing. And then they decided, like, they just went, yeah, we're going to we're gonna let it rest for and a little while because I think it's earned its rest. Like, yes, Playground Games may not have made an RPG 
as a studio but i think the fact that it's it's a coming from a studio like that it it, it tr- to me it implies that maybe there were people at playground games who were who were big fans of the original games have been dying to get the rights to make a new game you know oh, that that's yeah. that's why i think it it that's that shows promise cuz i think I mean, it can go both ways. Like, you can you can be so much of a fan that you can poison the well. But I think the fact that uh, like this this studio is going to um, like put its heart into making a, a, a new sequel in a beloved franchise. Like, I've got I've got high hopes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I look, I've got high hopes too. But my my caution is, is the fact that it's a brand new studio. I haven't read too much into the studio at this current moment mm. in time. Because it's a brand new studio, I kind of have a bit of fear. You mean a studio as in brand new brand studio, new studio for the series? Because Playground Games has been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand new studio for the for the yeah. series. Yeah. Um, that's why because it's like you know I'm so used to Lionhead handling everything, but it's like well, okay, I'm I'm excited for it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just cautiously optimistic about it because I learned my lesson when I got Androm- uh, Mass Effect yeah, Andromeda. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah I was majorly, well. majorly disappointed. So let's hope Microsoft dedicates well the resources um, to... Let's bloody hope And, and so. I'm glad that um, I think let's some of the games, so. like like Hellblade 2 um, and stuff, Ooh, like, yeah. like, I think uh, I, I noticed that it doesn't... It didn't say that it was also coming to Xbox One, so I think Microsoft has broken... I think it's primarily th- Xbox Series X. I think X. Microsoft may have quietly broken its promise to not have any first-party exclusives uh, for the Series X. And I'm glad. I'm just so glad that Microsoft's... I mean, let's be fair. I think everyone's been clawing at Microsoft. Um, well, Microsoft and Xbox in general, like, where are the console exclusives? Yes. You know, PS PlayStation is kicking our ass in this department. What are we doing? We're just, you know, making it so thing. damn accessible like, that Xbox becomes redundant. And that's where you see a game like the new Ratchet & Clank looks so beautiful and dynamic. And just, you can see yeah. how it's taking advantage of the new, um, the potential of the PS5. Because it's not held back yeah. by trying to make a game work on PS4 which has got much more limited hardware. So th- there's much more potential for wacky level design and, and, and like super, like taking advantage of like, like, you know, draw distance and, and load times and things like that to make things happen that couldn't be done on a PS4. So I'm glad that Sony's committed to the, like kind of the, the, the new kind of generation, whereas Microsoft's kind of got one foot yeah, in yeah. the future, one foot in the past, which I, which I, I guess it's good from a consumer perspective in terms of Xbox game pass, you know, and, and Game Pass Ultimate yeah, yeah, getting yeah. things like that. But in terms of being an early adopter of a console, I want those exclusives. Uh, honestly, like, as I said, I reckon Fable and uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice 2. Um, Senua's Saga, the, I think, is the subtitle for it. Oh, Senua's Saga, yeah. sorry, yeah. They will be the spearhead for Xbox and, and Forza. exclusive and Forza. games. And Forza. I, I really believe. Oh, and Forza. Sorry, yeah, yes, yeah. and Forza. Sorry, Halo. Like, they will spearhead the Xbox exclusive games. <laughs> maybe, maybe year two and three of the Halo Infinite project might might <laughs> bring some more fruits, but I think at this point in well, time, we'll... We, uh... Look, I reckon, like, Halo... Um, just quickly, Halo spearheaded, you know, the Xbox console in general yeah. because it was the console that was designed for shooters and, you know, role-playing and stuff. Um, And then over time, you know, um, Halo sort of... I reckon Halo lost its charm to a degree 
I mean, mind you, it was because of all the political bullshit that was happening with the, you know, the departure of Bungie and the creation of 343 yeah. and all that crap. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, look, I reckon I I strongly hope that Infinite will be a breath of fresh air um, for three four three because they you know they, they look they've done well but they still have a, lo a long way to go to match and there is a lot of um, potential what Bungie could achieve there is and there is a, there lot, is of a lot of potential for yes. a, an open world Halo game with the power of the Xbox Series X and running on Windows ten or like on a PC so I just hope that the game the gameplay looks fun but i hope that it wasn't held back by the xbox one so let's 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 move yeah, on to yeah. the rest of our news because there's a, <laughs> a few more stories to get through there's there's a lot more stories to go on moving on to our next story um a bit of a oopsie daisy on the part of a Doritos. Uh, it looks like some marketing materials for an upcoming Doritos Call of Duty tie-in has leaked online. Pretty much confirms the existence, the name and the logo for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. What is that? What Black Ops Five? Technically, it's going to be. I, I I really oh. don't know. Is it like is I, that I just think a, it a, is. a misnomer? I, don't know. I think it is. Like I'm just like come on. You couldn't think of another war like Call of Duty. Uh, Gulf War I, or something? Okay. I don't know. Can I can I just be blatant, like blunt right now? They <laughs> need to stop. They need to just stop. Like, I think we've had enough bloody Call of Duty games. Like, they've they've out they've literally outdone Halo at this point. Yeah. So like I, every time I hear Black Ops or Modern Warfare, it's like whoop de doo. It's the same shit that they did, you know, a couple of years ago. Like. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I'm just like. I don't why know. isn't? Well, I think I think. I I would like to see. I think Call of Duty is ripe to become like a platform game. Like it's like you you. This is the Call of Duty. You buy this game, and then updates in the future are just going to be delivered as downloads. And like you know, you have seasons where it changes the content. Like, I think that's probably the better way to go rather than just still releasing box games every year and then all the work done in the previous year is just wiped away like when warzone like not warzone what was the one before it uh, modern warfare the, the, the one not that no so in black ops 4 there was a battle royale mode which i'm completely forgetting blackout. oh bloody oh, i can't remember it blackout it's... blackout i think <laughs> blackout, yeah, blackout. That's so it. so that was people really like that great but then the next year call of duty modern warfare comes out and then there's a new battle royale, Warzone, which goes free to play. But then all the all the black all the blackout players are just they're just kind of dropped. And then you move on to the new game. Like I, if I'm investing in a game that much, I'd I think it's a bit. I think the whole point of the kind of like yearly sequel is a bit tired now. Maybe yeah. I just want like a good solid basis for a game, and then every year I just release some new content rather than just and. But then I don't lose my progress or don't lose my you know, my, like my earned content and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Fortnite's proven that that can be done. Yeah. Well, look, as, I, as I've said, I'm not a fan mm. of Fortnite. Never been a, a big fan of Call of Duty um, for my specific reasons alone. But I, I just reckon, like, do we really need another Black Ops game? Like, we just got one, like, yeah. last year, wasn't it? Or the year before that? And then we just got a modern warfare. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, I feel like someone's got a bloody, you know, a tooth. Games. 
It is. Like, I feel like someone's got a, you know, two-faces coin. You know, he keeps flipping it and, you know, whatever side it lands <laughs> on, he takes the action. I feel like that's what the bloody um, developers are doing. It's like, let's flip the <laughs> coin. Oh, no, not the Call of Duty coin. Yes, the Call of Duty coin. <laughs> yeah, what will it land on? Or Modern Warfare. Hey, it's a Black Ops game. Oh, no, another one. <laughs> I, that's, that's what I thing. personally feel like is happening. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I just... It's just annoying, and 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 it happens after this. This is only a couple of weeks after we had a a, a data mine uh, recently, where they uh, like basically, you know, the people who go into like find find out like do all the deep dives in terms of code and things like that. Found references to an alpha test, an upcoming alpha test for the game. So it seems yeah, like yeah, it's ninety nine percent confirmed. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I reckon Call of Duty just needs to take a freaking hiatus. Activision yeah. needs to focus its resources on original IPs right now. <sighs> Unfortunately, uh, I think Activision is the type of company that'll learn too late. <sighs> I mean, Maybe, let's Crash be fair. They, will they save re- us. I, re- I, re- I reckon it would, but I don't know. I just don't have too much faith in Activision at this current moment in time. <laughs> I really do not have much faith. I can't even remember the last original IP from Activision. Like The only thing I can think of was Skylanders, but technically Skylanders were a spin-off of Spyro. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, f- I reckon Skylanders, Skylanders flopped because of the fact that you needed to buy those really obnoxious. But they were like, really pads. popular while they were around, man. They, uh, Skylanders didn't flop until like a few years in. For the for the first bit of it, it made a lot of money. It made a lot of money, yeah. But then people were like, "What's the what's really the point? You're going to be collecting all these little models, and then you're not going to be using them ever again if you stop playing the game." Exactly. That's the thing. I think. I, I, think I just. The I don't kids know. Grew up, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> all the kids grow up. <laughs> that's that's. I think maybe that's what happened. They didn't want to play with them damn plastic toys again. It'd yeah, be, exactly. Then right. we got like Disney Infinity stuff, and then we got all the amiibo stuff. So there was there was a time there when that was the hot the hot craze was the you know, oh look this plastic toy does something in a game. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was never never really a fan of those little toy things. I just I didn't see the the reason for them. Yeah, speaking of uh, plastic toys, um. Here's an update to uh, Eve Gimeau and the Ubisoft uh, miscon- misconduct allegation saga. Uh, I know I was very harsh on Eve Gimeau last week, but nah, I, I ain't taking that back. I ain't taking back what I said. <laughs> so just to uh... so, okay, so so just quickly, um, yeah, just just explain to me what happened because um, okay, a lot I, of I, I was mis- sort of in a, a dark lot of misconduct when I, allegations. When I was listening to right? the other, yeah, uh, like, okay, a lot of misconduct allegations stretching all the way up to the second in charge, the chief creative officer, even the person who was head of global HR, right? The people you'd want to trust, you know, the person you trust for creative vision and the person you trust for you know protecting the policies of the company. Both those people have have been in on the culture of bad-mouthing, harassing, you know, sexual misconduct, things like that, right? Like, yeah. And, and basically, Yves Gimmo's kind of, kind of came out, said, oh, well, all the bad people, they've gone, they've stepped down, and so I'm going to take over, I'm going to lead this initiative to do an investigation into what went on. And it's like, and my, my point is that, you know, either... And, and this is something that um, we'll touch on in the in the story here, but it's like either you knew what was happening and you let it happen, you didn't know what was happening, and uh, and therefore you were a bad leader because you didn't know what was happening in your own damn company. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I understand Ubisoft's a huge company, but it's still the 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 responsibility still falls on him at the top. Like everyone has to answer to him. And this this is the thing. So at, uh, last week, uh, Ubisoft had 
a one of its um, kind of quarterly earnings calls. And one of the financial analysts mm-hmm. in attendance um, by the name of Ken Rumpf uh, actually questioned Eve Gimo about his um, knowledge of what hap- happened, right? So this is, this is what Ken Rumpf said to Eve Gimo. Basically okay. presented saying these are, these are the three options that kind of happened with in terms of these misconduct, in terms of Eve Gimo's involvement, right? Number one, either as CEO, you didn't know this was happening, which was not great. Number two, you perhaps didn't know enough and should have asked more. Maybe that's the answer. Or number three, um, which is which of course would not be good, is that you may answer the question the, the the third option is that you knew this was happening and you let it happen, all right? So you you didn't know, or you you knew a little bit but didn't want to question it, or you knew completely, right? So those are the three options, right? But they're not ideal. None of them are ideal. Yeah. Now this is yeah. this is what Eve Gimo said in respond, in response to the questions. So each time we have been made aware of this conduct, we have made actually. Tough decisions, and we made sure those decisions had a clear and positive impact. So that's very important. It has now become clear that certain individuals betrayed the trust I placed in them and did not live up to Ubisoft's shared values. I have never compromised on my core values and ethics and never will. I will continue to run and transform Ubisoft to face today's and tomorrow's challenges. Now... Um, what... (laughs) Come, I mean, let me interrupt. Let me just interrupt you for a sec. I think this um, Gamora is just full of shit. Like mm-hmm. straight up. Mm-hmm. I, I just reading that, it, it sounds to me like the guy's got a self righteous complex, and he thinks you know he's doing well. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't know the guy personally, and I don't you know I don't follow Ubisoft that often. I mean, I love my Assassin's Creed games and all that crap, but this guy sounds like he's full of shit. It yep. honestly sounds like he's trying to cover his own ass. He says like, well. It's kind of like it kind of skirts the line between number two, where you didn't know enough, and you didn't ask, and number three, where you uh, and, and number one, which was you know you didn't know at all. Um, so it kind of he, his answer kind of skirts the line between the two. He's saying that you know I trusted these people to look after their certain areas, and they betrayed my trust by letting these things happen, right? And also being involved in these things, right? Allegedly, yeah. So. I think that it, it shows that Eve Gimo wasn't the right person to lead the company. Ubisoft I mean, let's experienced be fair. a lot of growth. Did, did, was, he, was he not the founder of CEO? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, of, yeah, of I, I believe he's one of the founders. And yes, he's CEO. He's kind of has been throughout the whole time. But yes, and he delivers exceptional results. So maybe, maybe, maybe what happened is that maybe he knew he to a certain extent... And kind of heard things, rumblings and things like that. But so long as the shareholders were happy, things can carry on as they were, right? Yeah. And now I think that things have come out in, in public and that it's probably negatively affected the shares with all these scandals oh. and stuff. Now it's kind no of like, oh shit, that. we have to say something. We have to we have to move people along. Yeah, but see, this is the thing. Like I'm you know, I'm not too engrossed with you know, politics behind the scenes and all that crap, but the first thing people in power do is okay something's happened something's you know blown up how do we quell the fire before it erupts no you don't quell the fire you address the fire and then discuss how you fix it you don't bloody slap on a band-aid on top of it like that's just like saying hey i've cut my hand open let me just put a band-aid on top of it no that's not how bloody healing works in this situation You've got to deal with the problem. It sounds to me like there's a deep-rooted issue like a, like a in cultural your company. Problem there. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Like, if you're not going to address it and actually fix it at its roots, then what's the point of leading if you're just going to follow along like a blind sheep? Yeah, like, it's like it's th- like it's it like putting out a it's like there's a fire in the building and you put it out, but you didn't question, you didn't investigate <laughs> how it started, and whether or not there's things you could change to make things safer. Sorry, uh, there's a fire in a building and you try to put it out. No, you just got someone else to put it out and you blamed everything on them. And you said, well, well, this fire happened here, and this person, uh, the person who started the fire, they've left, but. The, <laughs> but I'm still here. But the thing that caused the fire, or the people who caused the fire in the first place, they are still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. But if there is some positive news from that earnings call, it was the fact that um, uh, Eve Gimmer also confirmed that Ubisoft isn't planning on increasing its the prices of its games for now. I know a couple of weeks right. ago, you and I we discussed um, uh, NBA 2K21's price hike in terms of oh, the next yes, generation right. games, um, yep, versions yep. Of, of the game. But it looks like Ubisoft just kind of holding off on, you know, making Watch Dogs Legion and Assassin's Creed and stuff uh, sell at $70 <laughs> I mean, US instead of 60 which yeah. is some consolation. I mean, let's, let's be fair. Let's be fair. Have you seen the bloody prices of um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and all the other games that they release? Literally, <laughs> their base minimum price is like $80. So this is a, a little bit of a surprise to me because it's like, well, you know, you want to sell more products, but how can you do that when the price is so steep? You know, <laughs> like, you know, I, I get that. Like, you know, your games are massive. There's a shit ton of content and the price is reasonable for it. But if you want to sell more, maybe loosen the price up a bit more. <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. Like, am I, am I wrong? Let's think, like, I think right now, like, uh, Valhalla is like, what? I think it starts at 99. Yeah, it starts yeah. Like, at 99. So... I think it's it's good, but I wonder what next year's games are going to be. You know how much they're going to be priced at. Like if oh if seventy dollars is the new norm in America, then you yeah. I I potentially can see say if one hundred and twenty dollars is technically retail price in Australia, right? That's retail price. Yeah. I mean, most retailers don't sell at that price, but if that's retail price, yeah. Imagine that goes up to one hundred and forty dollars Australian. That means that JB's kind of discount price. Won't seem Damn. like much of a discount when you compare to what games used to cost. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be fair. If I'm gonna say, if I'm gonna buy a seventy dollar game in the future, and it turns out to be another Anthem, I'm gonna fucking crack it. Like, <laughs> and I, I and I'm gonna be blank, like blunt about that because I don't want to buy a seventy dollar bloody game, and then it turns out to be absolute shit. Yeah. And then the company behind it's gonna take you know almost two years to fix up a game that should have been completed, but it wasn't. And, so... and, and like, and we actually do pretty well in Australia in terms of our like. Okay, here's what's fucked up, right? If the if the if the um retail price of games in Australia is 120 dollars, right? Because that, mm-hmm. that's what retail price is. If you walked into uh, a JB, if you've bought like say Gears Five off the Xbox Store at full price, it would be 124. Sorry, 119 dollars and 95 cents, 120 bucks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the games here are actually pretty close to the um, the American kind of pricing, the sixty dollars, when they're on discount. But if you actually if you were to buy a game at full price, you're actually paying. If we look at the money now, one hundred and twenty dollars Australian to USD is equivalent of paying eighty six dollars for a game from America, right? So we're already paying. We're already copying the Australia tax. 
you know, a game yeah. in America that's sixty dollars should should only cost at maximum eighty five dollars in Australia, right? Yeah. But yeah. because even if they increase their dollar to seventy, we're not going to magically see the game drop down to the, what it should be. We're going to see it go up from one twenty, which is already inflated, to one thirty, one forty as the standard. And so, yeah. if JB is like, all right, we're always going to sell the game, say, 40 bucks below retail, that 40 bucks doesn't seem as much of a big deal now because you've gone up by 20, 30 bucks in mm-hmm. terms of the, 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 the Australian retail price. This is, this is the thing. It's, that it's, because of the, it's because of economics itself that, you know, as, well, as I said in, in the last podcast I was around, that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm annoyed every time I look at some of the pricing for the games. It's like, hey... Look, there's a brand new game. How much? How much is it? Uh, sixty nine ninety nine to about eighty dollars. It's like, excuse me, what? Like, the, yeah. the, the economics behind most game prices is ridiculous these days. Like, if you're gonna look for a game that's like forty or so dollars, you're gonna have to probably wait probably about half a bloody year or so, or oh, check longer than that for a bargain. Sometimes. Yeah, like you gotta go with one of those bins at EB get, Games after a year. You, you can't. You can't get a brand new game, um, like say a a brand new triple a game we'll say like you know you can't get a triple a game that's brand new for 40 or 50 bucks no Mm. bloody way no way because they're 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 overselling the fact that hey triple a is this such a fantastic genre of games that you know they're going to be amazing they're going to be fun they're going to be you know strong it's like excuse me i've seen a lot of triple a flops the mm. only games that don't really flop is a lot of the double um, A and indie games. Like, yeah. like seriously, you guys are overhyping such a product, and when they release, it's it's absolute and, trash. And the thing is, like that ninety nine dollars price, the quote unquote sale price that JB's got it for for the game. Yeah, that translates to seventy dollars US. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly so right. But if if look, it was a one to one comparison, we would only yeah. pay a maximum of ninety nine dollars. But yeah. unfortunately, $99 isn't the maximum. $99 is the average. It's the bloody average. But look, I yeah. just wanted to correct myself quickly. I don't mean like all tr- all AAA games. I'm just talking about really specific ones where they, you know, they overhype it or they mismarket it. And when mm. it comes out, it's absolute shit. So You really didn't like I just to Anthem my... and Mass Effect Andromeda, did you? <laughs> uh, look, look, look. I, I, can, I can bitch and moan about it all I want. But the fact remains that Mass Effect Andromeda could have been an absolutely amazing Had so in the Mass promise. Effect universe. But the unfortunate thing was is that um, Bioware made some pretty shitty um, choices and split their studio into like three or four pieces and then yeah. eventually fired like most of the studio. And I think this is like, I think reasons. Bioware, I think Bioware, I think it's Edmonton. That's kind of the main one. Yeah, yeah. And yep, I think yep. this was like a different studio. Because I think this might have been Bioware Montreal, which is, I think, the Splinter studio that I, kind of I th- made this. I Unless I've got them the Montre- wrong way around. I think Montreal is the main did, one? Work on, did work on it for a little bit, and I believe it is their main studio. Yeah, so um, Edmonton is the main studio. Yeah, right, right, right. And, right. and Montreal is the kind of the side studio. Yeah. But yeah. Now, look, that took over the, and made uh, Andromeda, I believe. Yeah. But this is the thing that what I was trying to get at is that they they should have focused all their attention, all their attention yep. on Andromeda, and it would have been an absolutely amazing game. Then focus your attention on Anthem afterwards. I get that you want to make wanted to make a new IP, but you've you've you done fucked up, son. 
because <laughs> you split the studio's attention. Yeah. You practically severed all its morale. Because trust me, there was a there was a lot of horror stories that were happening at Bioware when Andromeda and Anthem were coming out. Yeah. Literally, if you put Anthem and um, Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda side to side, you can literally pick up on the fact that there the mechanics in both games feel the exact fucking same. Oh. Like. Well, I mean, except for the Iron Man flight and the gunplay, of, or the gunplay sort of, but the fact that the movement, the graphics and everything felt the bloody same, it's like, why? Why didn't you just focus your attention on one and get the other, get one out of the way and then focus on the new one? Instead, you split your studio and diverted your attention and you lost some of your big time players. So, yeah. I mean, I, I blame EA for that mainly, but also Bioware did a few man managerial fuck-ups we'll just say that yeah i think that's that's where the suffering really went so yeah and <sighs> look just sad. a lot of a lot of indie developers were sort of hired on or conscripted i should say to help rush andromeda out the bloody door and mm. they copped most of the flack for um you know the game not being finished the game being broken and buggy they copped most of the flack and i feel sorry for them because it's like you know it's not every day you get given the chance to work on a triple a title yeah but you know and now you've been put in the firing that. line and because was down to I think lack of understanding of the frostbite engine and things like that as well. Like that didn't help. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. Whichever moron decided to tell Bioware let's make an RPG on the frostbite engine should just be shot. That's I'm sorry extreme. to say it like that. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it like that, but frostbite's not designed for RPGs. <sighs> Yeah, it was it was designed for shooters and it just got hamstrung into everything. But I don't. There's like, a way of doing it. But yeah. I yeah, but know. like they literally wasted. I think it was a year and a half or, or two years of them just reconfiguring to Frostbite work. to work with Andromeda and Anthem. I don't understand why. Yeah. Like you had yeah. Unreal Engine four. Like that's the most stable freaking engine there is. Ah, oh, yeah. Sorry, even, this, even this, topic, this topic is, agitates yeah. me. This topic uh, really agitates me because there were so many mishaps. Man, I, I, I was pre-ordered pre that and everything. I was so excited for it. And then I cancelled because I just saw the stuff coming out. I'm just, yeah. uh, I just saw the, the early review previews and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to sit this one out. And I'm glad I did. Like, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm saddened that yeah, I did, but well, I'm glad that I did. I mean, I, I got it on day one, unfortunately. So, I mm. yeah, I... I, I copped the brunt of it. As soon as I, I launched it, you know, within the first five minutes, bloody two companions of mine T-posed. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, what? And that's I, even, I lost it. It was in the first like five minutes of the game, the game broke. And I was just like, yep, no, nah, I'm, I'm done. I, I didn't touch it since. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so mad. Uh, but hopefully one thing that won't make you mad is the, uh, the new content coming to Destiny. So Destiny 2's uh, Beyond Light expansion, uh, which is coming uh, now pushed back to, I believe it's November, uh, November yep. 10th or 11th in Australia. It looks yep, like yep. Uh, we got our first glimpse of the new stasis powers uh, that we'll get in, in, in the Beyond Light expansion this, uh, this uh, I guess this end of the year. It, basically, the, 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 the slogan for these abilities is create encase and shatter so it's kind of like what well, basically if you the short the short gameplay trailer basically showed off the new stasis um kind of element style which is based on which is kind of channeling darkness so if if arc void and um 
Solar. Solar is channeling light, then stasis is one of those where darkness is kind of used, is being channeled, right? So, okay, like, I, I have an issue with that slightly. Yeah. And it sort of contradicts it in itself. It's like, so it's if like you but thi- just to introduce these abilities, the stasis abilities look to be based on the, the idea of being able to create kind of dark ice wherever dark you are ice. to encase yeah, yeah. your enemies and shatter them, like break them. Or even to like create platforms out of you know out of thin air and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, you were saying. Okay, like, would you, w- I, this is a part that sort of I don't understand is the way they've structured it. So, hmm. stasis is, is as you said, it's designed to be dark ice abilities for the dark archetype that'll be coming for the classes in the next expansion. Now, yeah, the- stasis. Yeah. Okay. Now that now that I know what stasis is, it actually makes sense that that they've named it that. Mm. And I'm 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 sort of hap- more happy Stasis, with it. Kind now. of like a a state of kind of like S- a state of, like Im- immobility. of immobility. Like you yeah. can't move. Yeah. Um. Now the part that I don't get is with darkness. So I get a sense that they're going they're going down the more dark route with the, with abilities and such. So as you said, you got solar, you got arc, you got void as your mm. light based abilities. Now traditionally, isn't void? Isn't the void dark? Like if you think about it, like void is technically like dark. I, I, that's that's not, that's what I don't get. Is that I how is think that a light? In terms ability? of, I I think you're thinking of light as you're thinking of darkness as the absence of light. Yeah. Yeah. That's Whereas how I'm in the Destiny Lord, the darkness is the name of this mysterious kind of life force that is the opposite life of force. light. So I think that's okay. the thing. It's it's not like a, it's not like light in the terms of like in a physical like property it's more darkness as the concept of evil it's kind of like you know how in arthur c Clarke, a lot of stuff based on that like cthulhu is shown as this monster or blah 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 but i'm pretty sure the whole idea of cthulhu is just kind of like this you know this uh impending like doom doom right that's the thing so the darkness is kind of like the cthulhu of this universe where people try to interpret it in different ways but it's actually just the concept of of the nothingness or you know whereas light is kind of the 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 concept of existence it's kind of that balance right so that's that's the um that's that's kind of the the idea that the way to think about the darkness is not the absence of light is more so the the opposite of light so you're channeling an opposing force in that sense, we should be expecting new archetypes for the next couple of expan- um, DLC yeah. or expansions as well. Because if you think about it, so um, I read so I read a theory somewhere, and it's one of the mm. stronger theories is that Bungie's trying to do the whole sort of um, you know you got the light vanguard and dark vanguard sort of thing, and yeah. you know I- I'm excited if that does bear fruition. But yeah. the thing is, it's like from what I read, uh, uh, the the Hunter um, Vanguard would be replaced by uh, Anna Bray taking over from Cade Six, who yep. I won't I won't spoil. I'll just say that you know something happened to Cade Six for those who haven't played it or want to play it. Anna Bray is the new Hunter Vanguard, which will be a part of Zavala, who's the who's the Titan Vanguard, and Ikora, who's the Warlock Vanguard. Mm. Now the Dark Vanguard, from what I've been reading, is going to be made up of. Um, uh what's her name again eris morn um, eris morn the stranger the, the exo stranger exo the stranger will be the hunt no the stranger might be the titan dark titan vanguard eris morn will be the dark warlock vanguard 
and the freaking drifter will be the dark hunter. N- thing no, um, no, um, Eris Morn is actually a hunter. She she looks really? like a warlock, but I believe she's actually a hunter. Really, it's just that she's just been locked up with the hive for four hundred years. That she she kind of learned a few things. She's just crossed it over. Yeah, so I, I can <laughs> I can see the drifter. If, if say I can see the drifter being like a a, a titan a tile, a titan type. Uh, type guy because he's kind of like you know he's kind of like dense and just kind of all about like getting in the face and things like that right and I, the I exo stranger so. has kind of got the cloak and everything like like a hunter like kind of the typical like hunter, yeah. identity identity of the hunter yeah yeah i get that look look oh they, no they of a warlock however... wait she would be a yeah. warlock then because yeah, anyway i don't know but like they could go oh, about it as however they wish <laughs> but i it's it's a little a bit confusing on how the story is unfolding because I I understand that yeah. Bungie's trying to go back to what they originally wanted to do and that was you know introduce the darkness as this big impending doom force that yeah. you know that comes in and, and kills things these giant floating Doritos kill, gi- giant floating dark Doritos but they're there to also kill the traveler as well who's like you know the total opposite on them on the yeah, grand scale it's, of it's kind of been like the 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 enemy since time began or whatever time immemorial as they always bloody say yeah yeah. exactly so yeah you know what look that'll be i'm excited for it exciting exactly i'm excited for it um either way uh i just hope that it's a little bit more impressive than shadow keep was because that that expansion was just yeah like i i I hope it's more forsaken than shadow keep because forsaken i think was a really good expansion that changed a lot of the laws forsaken was really good absolutely I, I, I would say Forsaken is one of those like kind of DLCs that that kind of revolutionizes, revamps a game that I think yeah. that I think there's not many that can kind of say that, you know, this this DLC is what, you know, brought this game into another dimension. So that's why I'm, I'm excited for Beyond Light, but, you know, it is Destiny 2. So, you know, we are likely, we'll just have to wait and see i think um there's a lot of changes happening to the game so from what they've been promising um from what i've read and seen and watched it sounds like the the expansion for the game is going to be pretty big yeah now i said that about shadow keep when that before that came out and i was a little disappointed when i i got it and played it and um it wasn't as it wasn't what i thought it was although it did you know, advance the story that Bungie wanted to tell. It yeah. just didn't advance. For me, it didn't advance enough. It was like, really? Like, is this an expansion? This feels more like a bloody DLC or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person that has the mindset of, if it's an expansion, it's got to give me at least, you know, 20, 30 hours or plus of content. content. Yeah. If it's like eight to 10, that's a DLC. Like yeah, that, that's just that's a regular my content. Yeah, um, it's I need not like brand an, new. It's not like an the expansion, expansion needs to be massive. A DLC yeah. can be tiny. That's the that's the whole point of it, in my view. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Xbox fans should be excited to know that the game will come to Xbox Game Pass, uh, and that was yeah. and that was announced at the Xbox Game Show alongside the the debut of the trailer. Um, I, so that that's I that's honestly, good as well. I honestly reckon Xbox Game Pass, like, I honestly reckon that's been their strongest play uh, since, you yeah. know, 360 and whatnot. Like, the fact that you can get all these games for the for price of for one for one price for, like, you know, every month or maybe every year or whatever, depending on how rich or, you know, average wage you have. 
Okay, I, I, I did it for a while, but I, I stopped it because I kind of got bored of some of the games and I don't, didn't really u- utilize it. But it's it cool too. to see that Microsoft is really committed to saying, well, here's, the, here's what's cool is that on the, Microsoft is saying on day one, there are going to be yeah. 100 games that are playable on Xbox Series X. Not all of yeah, them are yeah, going to be yeah. exclusive, obviously. The vast majority of them are going to be cross-platform, but that is still a huge number of games to play on day one. Right of any yeah, console yeah, launch, yeah. and and even games like Ori and the Will of the Wisp, which was kind of like the the sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest that came out, I think last year or the year before, that's getting an updated version that's enhanced for Xbox Series X. And that game is going to be a native 4K game that's going to run at 120 frames per second. Like Oof, that is going damn. to be crispy, crispy like juicy, like juicy. double fry my chicken with some Japanese breadcrumb and just let it sit there on the cooling rack just enough so that you get that crunch. You know, that that's how crispy that's going to look. Yeah, that's, like, oh, for oh. sure. I get that. And look, it, it's a very smart play, you know, for people who don't want to actually, you know, fork out like, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars just to buy individual games. And you just want to, you know, have a subscription-based um, service that gives you all these games for the price of one. Mm. Sure. Exactly. I, I, I'm all for it. But in all honesty, like... I hate the fact that, you know, oh shit, I forgot to pay for the subscription. Oh, I lost all my games. <laughs> Crap. Uh, well, I'd rather just, I, 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 I personally way. would rather still buy them, knowing that I, I'm, I yeah. have them, I keep them. Well, the thing um, is, you could kind of do the hybrid approach where um, you could kind of say, all right, I'm going to get Xbox Game Pass. Then, and if there is a game on that that I really like, I'm just going to buy the game outright. Yeah. So there's, there's kind of like a way to kind of use it both ways as well. But I think that's, there's potential there. So let, let's keep an eye on that. And, um, oh yeah, for sure. Like it's always that's as I said, it's always one of the more interesting things to talk about because of the fact that hey, look, Xbox has got this amazing service. Um, you know, I don't see PlayStation doing this, so I don't see Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo sort of does it, but I wouldn't say to to the same degree. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo's yeah, like um, Nintendo's always got kind of like a half halfway approach to its online stuff. It's never at the forefront. It's always kind of like behind. So I'm not gonna. I'm not going to expect too much from Nintendo. I don't, I don't expect Nintendo to bring out its own kind of like competitor to it. That isn't what the the Nintendo Switch Online service is right now. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. Speaking of Nintendo, actually, we had a couple oh, of wow. nice leaks over the past couple of weeks. Um, Just regarding like d- data mines of old code from like the early Super Nintendo Nintendo 64 era. We got, uh, like, the, the data miners were able to find, like, a, a pre-release build of Super Mario Kart before it had drifting in it. Could you imagine a world Ooh. where Mario Kart didn't have drifting? Yeah, it- okay. Well, I mean, let's be fair. I have an argument with my missus every time we talk about Mario Kart. I'm like, I can't play Mario Kart without drifting. And she's like, yeah, you can. Just turn. I'm like, no, that's drifting. That's so slow. I, I can't imagine. Oh, no, that's wrong. Like, like you, you must drift. have drifting. You need a drift. It's... Ugh. It's it's how do you go fast around a corner without drift? You literally get boost from drifting. Yeah, you, you literally just run into a wall. That's yeah. that's just that's just. How I have it a feeling is. that that's the way the kind of the, the tracks are kind of laid out is that you need to drift to get around them quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's I'm not, exactly I'm right. sorry, I'm not I'm not agreeing with her there. No, I I, I never agree with her because I'm like, if you don't have drifting, don't talk to me. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, another thing that got unearthed was. A sprite for a human character in the uh, game that was basically unreleased until the mini Super Nintendo, the 
Star Fox 2 could have actually had a human kind of character. Maybe not playable. We're not sure. We didn't really get that far. But yeah, like we didn't get a human in Star, Star Fox until I think Star Fox Adventures or something on the GameCube when you... Yeah, yeah. When, I think Fox McCloud got, I don't know, horny with some other girl. I have no idea. Some weird... I think I think it was Cat. <laughs> oh, who knows? Who knows? Like, I, oh, I could yes. just remember... Yes. I could just remember some of the characters' names from Star Fox. All right, here we go. Yeah, there was a There's cat. Fox McCloud. There's Fox McCloud, there's Cat, there's uh, Falco, Peppy Hair, uh, what's the frog's bloody name? Slippy. Slippy. There we go. Yippee Slippy! Yippee. Love Slippy. <laughs> like, that, that's just it's from playing crystal, the bloody Nintendo 64 Star Fox game endlessly, oh, non-stop. Yep. Oh, oh my god. And yeah, we also got a like, like kind of pre-release looks at Super Mario World. Uh, when it was kind of still yeah. called like I think it was still called like Super Mario Five or something, or maybe that was yeah. Yoshi's Island. I, I don't know, one of those. And like, it's just cool to see that this stuff getting un- uncovered and kind of preserved for the future generations to enjoy. Because I-, I hate hearing stories about how oh no, we lost the source code to this game, or we lost all these like kind of archival materials just because back then you didn't really think about preserving what you were making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I get mm. ya. Absolutely get ya. <laughs> but look, let's be fair. Like, when it comes to, like, decisions based on, you know, it, will this game succeed? Is Does it look good? Does it feel right? Mm. I reckon Nintendo has it um, in in Aces or how do you say, how's that saying go? In Spades, in Spades. They have it in Spades. That's how yeah. they say it. Yeah. Because honestly, when has there been a, a Nintendo game that's really flopped? Let's let's just quickly talk about that for a sec. Uh, a Nintendo game that's really flopped. Ooh, good question. Probably. Like, it's been a long time since one has. Yeah. Like I reckon well, maybe. I mean, anything one released of them... on the Wii U. <laughs> oh well, let's be fair. That's the console's fault, not the not the games. Yeah. That's true. Like, come on. Like the Wii U was released like a couple years, like one or two years after the Wii. So. No, that was yeah. a, no, no. That was six years after the Wii. Yeah, but at the same time, like. The Wii U was just like, hey, look, it's it's just a slight improvement over the Wii. It's like, two you know, Wii's you can duct, do, duct taped together. You got a touch a screen which you can interact with. Yeah, the Switch was a big like I think a, a bigger jump for a lot of people. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the Switch, I reckon, the reason why the Switch was such a major success for Nintendo was the fact that they went back, they went backwards to bring the technology forwards, which was. Game Boys, DSs, you know, or like, you know, the, the handheld feel. And then they brought in the technology from the Wii era and they yeah. fused them together and you have the the, the, uh, the Switch. Switch, which was an absolutely amazing console. And, and it's, yeah, it's, I still, I still can't believe that we get to play a console game at home and on the train. Like that's And just, on the go. Exactly. Like, that's just so... You, if you, if you were talking to me, about a Nintendo Switch, like, say, 10, 15 years ago, I would say to you, the bloody hell are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking like, about? Get, get the fuck out of like, here. Like, what are you stop, talking about? Stop, like, stop. honestly, it's like, you, you bring up all this, all this crap, and it's like, oh, you, you make it, you're, you sound like a crazy man, you know that? Like, that's how, that's how people would talk to you. <laughs> but 10, 15 years later, hey, look, there's a Switch in my hands. Hey, I can play games on the go. I can play it at home. Oh, it's going to die. Yeah, let's continue it on the TV. <laughs> exactly like exactly. literally it's it's probably the most innovative bloody design i've ever seen exactly and we're just glad that we get to be in an age where we can enjoy the switch and there's some new consoles coming out as well like we're in a we're in a good spot right now i think it's going to be it's going to be a great year for games like uh the, the next like 24 months are going to be really awesome 
love to see what what the potential is there and and i think oh, another thing that's going to make sure. things awesome and and pretty soon is that rocket league is going to become oh. a free-to-play game oh. finally yes yes oh. i i feel like this has been many years in the works exactly like honestly like this game honestly felt like a a free-to-play title, even though it was probably about $19.50 or something, yeah. the base price is. Yeah. But honestly, like this that. game 20, has just been success after success after success. It's actually been an absolute great story for the company yeah. behind it. And I think it was a smart move to agree to let Sony make it a free PS Plus game when it first came out. Because yeah, you've got yeah, a lot yeah. of people playing it. And I bet a lot of people got hooked from that first kind of like demo. Like I've played like a free weekend here and there, and I did enjoy okay, my time um, with it. But <laughs> let's yeah. be fair, I'm not a fan of soccer. I ha- I really hate sports. I'm yep. just putting it out there. But when you combine rocket powered cars, yep, uh, cult classic, you know, vehicles like the um, Ghostbusters vehicle, the Batman yep. vehicle, the um, Back to the Future DeLorean, yeah, you put tho- those two so together well. and sports. I think you got you've got something and, really strong. And, there. and did you grow up playing slime soccer? Oh, no, I can't okay. say I have. All right, because this also had a lot of that slime soccer kind of idea of bouncing a, a ball off the top of your head and then trying to get it in a goal. And then you kind of like, you don't have, you don't have like kind of direct control over limbs. You're just kind of bouncing it off the yeah. top of your surface. But that's, that's, yeah, it is, it is um like Rocket League is kind of like slime soccer, 3v3 slime soccer in 3D. Like that's, it's just a lot of fun. And it just... It's one of those games. It looks like it's like easy to pick up, but like so difficult to master. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, in that sense, yeah, it is. Like you know, yeah. hey, look, I, I can play soccer online with some friends. Yeah, cool. But if you try to get into the leagues and stuff, prepare to cop a fraction. Honestly, <laughs> but like, I think to it's going to be. I think um, it's going to be a lot of fun to play it on stream, maybe with our community. So that's that's that's. Oh, for uh, sure. Be, and, and you know, you know, what would be great is that three of us can play together, like. And just have oh fun. yeah, I'm pretty sure the teams would be three v three. I believe yeah, it was. Yeah. I have done four v four, but the four v four matchups tend to take a lot long time to um, actually work because you yeah. know there's not a lot of people who are searching for four v four. Exactly, exactly. And and as long so basically the free to play update is going to take place um, hopefully by the end of August. That's kind of the planned time frame for it. Um, and yeah. it's um, and people who've already had the game who purchase the game prior to the free-to-play update will actually get the chance uh, will actually be given all the previous dlc including the bonus cup including the the car packs for free so you'll even if you haven't unlocked them all already you will get them all just as like a kind of like a thank you for supporting the game for its first kind of three years and um on pc the game is going to shift away from steam and it's going to become an epic game store exclusive for for people who, who who are not familiar I believe Epic Games purchased the developer Psyonix last year, or the year before. So it was only a matter of time before it kind of got folded into the Epic Games kind of family. Yeah. But you know what? At the end of the day, you're still going to be able to play it. Just It's just going to be a different like app that you're running. Like, deal yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. Have fun. Just focus on the fact that the game's going to be free so more of your friends can play with you. And Crossplay's oh, yeah. well, still there. I mean... But yeah, well, I mean, it's it's going to go free mm-hmm. if you've already had the game. All the DLC will be free to you as well, um, which I think you'll... I'll let you elaborate on that after I'm, I'm done quickly. And the fact that it's cross-play as well makes yeah. it a hell of a lot more accessible to everyone playing on, like, uh, an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Switch. Is exactly. it on phones? Is, is, is it on phones? Is I the don't game think on it's on phones? phones yet. 
Not yet. I'm, I'm just I'm talking to someone off, off camera or off mic. Is the game on phone yet? Talking to the producer in the other room. <laughs> yeah, the producer the in the other room. I'm yelling, at, I'm yelling at them through the wall. You're yelling at Jake. <laughs> Jake! Is, is the game on the phone yet? No? Damn it. Okay. But it's on the Switch. Oh, yeah. I've, I've got it on Switch. I, pl- yeah. I've, I play it on Switch. So, so that, I'm yeah, going to be excited to download it onto Switch. Absolute gem. <laughs> it's an absolute gem to play. Seriously, if you haven't already, give it a crack. If you, um, you know, haven't had yeah. a chance to, and I believe you just tie I in everything. You would like it. I believe you just create like a free uh, Psyonix account, and then you kind of link that to whatever your console accounts are, like your Xbox, your PlayStation, I, and, and that kind of ties it all so? together. I believe that's how it's I, all I, done. I, I can't remember if I had to make an account or not, or if I just used my um, Switch account. I'm oh not, mate, I'm not I don't know. On that. When it comes to Switch. I just feel like Nintendo will just make things so difficult for developers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all good. But yeah, oh, that geez. that was a that was a, an action-packed um, news section there. I think um, Oof. we we headed towards the I... end of the podcast. I know it's been a long one, so please bear with us. Please bear with I us. I mean, let's be fair. It's always a long one when I when I appear. You know what? It's because there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> we actually go back and forth, and I did spend half I mean, an hour explaining. I mean, let's also the be fair. Of the fact tracing. that I'd like to take the I'd like to take the piss out of certain situations as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, oh but God! Let's um let's just quickly recap some content from last week. So Kai Holroyd um made a made a triumphant return to the site with a couple of uh, articles. Uh, the first one was his review of Necrobarista. I I'm not gonna reveal too much about the story or anything like that, but I will say that Kai said that Necrobarista is a beautiful story told perfectly. You know what? If you want an awesome game from you know a studio based here in Melbourne, or even you know what, if you just want a really awesome game with a good story, and you don't want to spend an arm and a leg for it, like check out Necrobarista. It's got the double jump seal of approval. Um, and also, uh, Kai also hmm, delved into the uh, the topic of the fixing genre. the horror genre in terms of games. Yeah, that, um, that was a that was a bit of an interesting read. I have to admit. Yeah, I I I agree and sort of disagree with some of the top like some of the topics. But let's be fair, the majority of what Kai hit, um, like the topics that he mm. was hitting, actually made sense. And the fact that. You know the horror genre has been has been going stagnant for like the last couple of years now. I mean, with the the return yep. of the Resident Evil games, that's really brought the the genre back. Yeah, because I think like like Resident Evil was like um, kind of the last change, and before that, it was kind of it was the the amnesia games and um, yeah. and and like kind of Alien Isolation, which kind of followed on from like the amnesia formula of you know the 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 mysterious like the the nightmare creature chasing you down that you can't fight um so i think i think um it's definitely worth reading definitely check it out and whether you agree or you don't with what kai has recommended i think you'll agree that he's done a fantastic job talking about the issues with the genre at the moment yeah (laughs) oh that, I, I just love saying stuff like that on the site. It's it's so it's so awesome to read read work like that. I I, I love these like kind of genre analyses. They're, they're mm-hmm. uh, especially as someone who doesn't get to play a lot of horror games. Like I I played the last one I played was probably 
Metro Exodus. I started playing that on stream and I was in the dark and I was just yelling every like 30 seconds. <laughs> just yelling oh, at everyone. Really? <laughs> I mean, let's be yes. fair. Have you played the uh, original Metro oh, games? Oh, God, yes. They were so scary. They, they're a little bit more blood-curdling than Exodus is. Yeah, they, they are very, very... They had a lot of like white-knuckle moments and stuff where you're just desperately trying to escape from things. So, um, oh, man, I've got to finish that game. Anyway. <laughs> I've got to finish the series. I, I'm yet to finish the first game because every time I get into it, yep. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll play some more tomorrow. And then I just completely forget about it and go play something else. Well, like it, it's it a- doesn't grab my attention enough to warrant me sitting down for a couple of days straight to finish it for some reason. <laughs> I can't really explain it. Well, now that we're in lockdown, maybe you can carve out a little bit of time, maybe. <laughs> but I definitely would play the... I'll, I would definitely finish the first game if you can. It is a lot of fun. Now, that was the content that we released last week and this week we've actually got some upcoming streams um just just to let you guys know num- uh this wednesday at about uh oh we're going to be looking a bit earlier this week probably about i think 7 30 i'll be looking for a 7 30 australian eastern uh time start uh for maybe another destiny 2 raid attempt um i'll be joined by you Lucas, Oof, and hopefully yes, yes, uh, you'll be joined by some me. more Wednesday Night Warriors from our, our official clan. Freaking, so. we've got to get the raid done. Come on. We've got to get done. We've done it done. like three times. I know, I know. <laughs> done it three times and we <laughs> failed all three times. And um, Friday. I mean, it's, not, it's not looking good on us. Oh, no, man. It looks bad. But you know what? We have a lot of fun whenever we do those raid streams and just, just oh, like the always. Destiny streams in general. I think it's just, just one of those games where you can just kind of like let it just be in the background and you can just t- shoot the shit <laughs> yeah. over it. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. right exactly right and the fun continues with um with your minecraft stream uh on friday lucas on friday evenings yes uh had a having a lot of community interaction on the double jump official minecraft server mm-hmm. um we've made some pretty disturbing sky platforms that people are just deciding to jump off really nearly for no bloody reason so yeah, I mean, it, the game encourages creativity, so why not make a Sky platform? Like, come on down, join our server, join our Discord, and uh, watch us build stuff that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Simple that, as isn't that. that just Minecraft? That's just Minecraft. I mean, <laughs> let's just be fair, it is just <laughs> Minecraft. Yeah, and um, the fun continues with uh, your uh, yours now, because um, unfortunately, Christian has stepped down from the staff. Um, since yeah. last week so that's why um, we'll be having some more guests guest hosts kind of coming through the podcast you know Lucas you're always welcome you know and if, yeah, if you're course. always welcome no matter who else is on, on the show with us like I'd always love you're always welcome to be hosting alongside me um, so on I Saturday mean, I mean <laughs> let, let's be fair if, if I took up the podcasting it would take my attention away from the other um, uh, activities that I'm doing <laughs> for course. double jump. So, of course, of course. I mean, I, I've I've only got such a limited attention span that I can only do certain things. So, <laughs> I'm I'm really just bitching at this point. I'm joking. <laughs> hey man, you know what? You're doing an excellent job as community lead. So of course you're going to be busy. Um, oh, and uh, that that reminds me. Hmm. Um, we've got a new community lead, Ed. Hey. It's, uh, Ed's a new community lead, so now my uh, duties will be stolen away from me. I'm joking. <laughs> no, Ed, uh, Ed will be able to hopefully help, help you out. Yeah, no, of Ed's, course. Ed's been a great, um, great addition to the site. Like Ed, hailing from the UK, um, was actually gracious enough to be watch the Xbox uh, stream live, get a lot of the work done for us, and we're we're oh, going to be yeah. releasing a a full rundown of the event um, pretty soon. But 
just uh, just to say congratulations, Ed, to uh, for becoming our uh, newest community lead. So yeah, but um, let's let's just let's also um, you know let's shine some light on the other um, new new members of Double Jump as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. We've got. Who, who have we got? Well, um, Ruby. Ruby's joined. We've got yeah, we've got Ruby. Um, say we're gonna we're just gonna say hello and give kudos to all our new members. So Ruby, uh, is it Amelia? Is, mm-hmm. is it wait Amelia or a- like Amy? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I think Amelia. Ethan. Oh. Yep, Ethan. Uh, um, uh, yeah, Ethan. Rory as well, which is mm-hmm. you know awesome. So yeah, we've we've got like f- four new members, which is awesome. So. Yeah, hello to you and welcome to Double Jump. You've just been name dropped on the podcast. <laughs> That's always always great to yeah. And it is Amelia, by the way. Amelia. Oh, it is Amelia. Okay, I'm sorry I said it wrong. <laughs> Whoops. Ah, it's all good. Don't don't, sc- don't scrutinize me, we'll please. Get it right. We'll names. get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly right. Um maybe hopefully we'll see some of those faces on your stream on Saturday night. Oh, yes. Poten- potentially, potentially. But I reckon with this Saturday night, um I asked Jake for a very special guest Ooh. on um this Twitch stream. So Ooh, we'll, okay. we'll find out who Let's it is. Ooh, we'll that, that, what it a is. tease, what a tease. Ooh, nice, yes, nice. Yes. <laughs> what it is indeed. So look, it'll be good. Um, so yeah, very very interesting uh, direction we're going in at the moment. Yeah, and and you know Ben, smooth talking, you know, smooth as butter. Ben, he's uh going to be streaming some Mirror's Edge on, on um, oh, on Sunday. So kind of kind of cap off the weekend with uh with a little bit of classic parkour, first person parkour action. <laughs> yeah, absolute bloody classic, Mirror's Edge. Yeah. Oh, and also the 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 smooth talking Ben. Yep. I'm just gonna <laughs> love, call. I'm love, just calling him Ben. ben. Um, his nickname's gonna be Butter. I'm just gonna call him Butter. Hey, Butters. Butter. What? Because <laughs> he's <What>? smooth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna but, call him. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Butter. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> Fine. Oh, Fine. Right. I'll call him Flora Proactive. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> He's low fat. No, 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 no. We need to stop this now. <laughs> but yes, if you guys want to send your emails through, you can at podcast at doublejump.co. Send in your questions and, and you know, tell us what you think about our um, responses to this week's news. You know, do you, what do you think about Microsoft's Xbox showcase from this from last week? Were you were you happy with what you saw? What what are you guys excited about? We'd love to hear from you all. So remember, yeah. email us at podcast at doublejump.co and let us know what you think. Yeah, we we'd honestly love to hear what you rec- what you say because sure. if there's something that you don't agree with or you do agree with or you know you're very passionate about and whatnot, we want to hear it. You understand these words? We Want to hear it? <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to spell wow. it out. I'm sorry. You had to lean it, lean in there. That's how you know he's serious. Pa- yeah, Papa Lucas exactly is right. serious. You need to listen to Papa pa- Lucas. Papa Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Lucas. <laughs> yes, Papa Lucas. If people do want to find you, they can find you um, on our uh, official Discord, doublejump.co/discord. You can find yep. Lucas under the um, username Lux. You'll find him on YouTube, not YouTube, um, no, on no, not YouTube. Twitch as Lux TV in chat as well. So come say yep. hi. Um, or you can contact me at Zlandra768. On Twitter. That On Twitter, at Zlandra, yes. Yep. So Z-E-E-L-A-N-D-R-A. Yep, 768. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And yeah, um, and if you guys want to find me online, you can find me at Mr. Abia Chaudhary, um, pretty much on all the social media platforms. And, and you'll see me on the Discord as well. Just come say hi. If you want yeah. to be a part of the Destiny clan, just, you know, um, find, at, at, get your get yourself a Destiny role on our, um, in our official server. And then you can uh, get access to our Destiny um, chat channel and, you know, we can see if we can coordinate a raid or two. Uh, I'd love to yeah, do that, uh, especially I'm since not, they're all uh, disappearing. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, very soon. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm so glad you said your own name because I would have butchered it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd, uh, I figured I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd it take was a punt at pronouncing my own name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Uh, anyway, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of Double Jump Radio. Lucas, thank you for joining me. It was a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. It's always oh, a pleasure, I, buddy. I love having you on here, mate. Yes. I mean, let's be fair. I think we almost <laughs> broke the two-hour mark tonight. Oh, we are we are very getting very dangerously close. So, for those in the <laughs> for those in the community, for those in the community who asked for, you know, more banter, more more kind of chit chat. Like, hopefully, hopefully you're happy. For everyone else in the community who wanted us to make things a bit shorter, we're very sorry, but we're also not sorry because we had fun. <laughs> And we hope you guys are oh, too. We always have a lot of fun with these <laughs> podcasts anyway. I mean, if we have fun and you love us having fun, you love hearing us shit talk and, you know, sp- talk serious about certain things, let us know. We need to know. Podcast, podcast at doublejump.co. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to go into the mic again. Papa Lucas <laughs> is back. Papa, Papa Lucas made another Papa appearance. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to do it for episode six. So until next time... Look out for one another. Goodbye, guys. Have a good one. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.